Hello and welcome to Taking the Stand, a fan podcast production. And in today's episode, uh, Ben and I from the Fan Justice Project are going to take a deep dive into Papuda and what that means for South Africa. Now, what is Papuda, you may ask? Well, it is the shortened name for the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act of 2000. It is about, you know, equality. At least that's what the act claims. And uh, Ben and I have some questions as to equality and changes to this act and um, the way the government is approaching those changes. For a bit of background, Papuda is uh, is this piece of legislation that's now almost 20 years old, uh, more than 20 years actually, and it is about, you know, e- uh, equality and that's supposed to be a good thing, right? And it's it's got a noble intention and protecting people against unfair discrimination all sounds Good, but today in uh, this short podcast that we have here, Ben and I will delve into a few problems with Papuda. So, uh, Ben, let's take the first thing that I think people should know about and where the Papuda changes now on the cards uh, fall short, and that is in this thing called public participation or public comment. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, and give us a bit of background as to why this is an issue for these changes to Papuda. Okay, well, first of all, public uh, participation is um, a crucial element of our democracy. Um, it allows the public to um, voice their opinions and their thoughts and their um uh, concerns about any piece of legislation that that comes before um, that comes before us. So um, this sort of crucial element was outlined in a seminal case called Doctors for Life, where they laid out um, just how important this is for a functioning democracy. Um, so now, where that fits into this Papuda Amendment Bill that we're talking about, on the thirty first of March. Um, the department um, the, um, uh, said, all right, guys, here's the amendments for um, the Papuda Bill. Uh, there's six weeks for the public to comment on it. Um, and now there were, there were some really big changes, which I'm sure we'll get into at the end of this podcast. Um, so a, a couple of interested parties like the IRR said, uh, we don't think that six weeks is enough time to, for, the, for the public to, to comment on, on this bill. And we think there should be an extension. Now, what the department did was they only allowed an extension for um, specific parties who asked for it uh, and not a general extension. So we we thought that that was uh, procedurally unfair um, and quite ironic because the bill uh, purports to um, promote equality. And what they did there was saying, all right, only some parties can can have an extension on the bill, but not not the general public. So. We highlighted that as, as quite ironic and uh, quite unfair. And we've written to the department on, I think, three occasions, um, um, asking them um, about this procedural irregularity, as well as a socioeconomic assessment for um, this bill. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we've done at the Fan Justice. Um, Herman, what, what, what more do you, would you like to add to that? 
Well, I think um, that's, that, I mean, that's such a good segue to this, this element of, you know, watchdog legal work, uh, where we need to make sure that freedom is protected by the proper functioning of democratic and constitutional mechanisms. Um, on the one hand, a very key element of getting new legislation or new changes to existing legislation is public comment. Uh, exactly as you say, Ben. But the other part um, that is really, really important is what we call socioeconomic impact assessment studies. That's essentially where the people responsible for proposing a bill looks at the social consequences, you know, how will communities and people be affected in their daily lives, but also the economic consequences, what will this cost whom, what will be the benefits, what will be the risks, um, and uh, these things then get published in what is called the socioeconomic impact assessment study to make sure that people looking at the legislation and all interested parties that should be all South Africans when it comes to laws understand what are the consequences of this bill because we all know legislation isn't just some theoretical thing that happens somewhere in parliament it has significant changes um, uh, in store for our lives socially and economically. And um, we saw the other day an example of a socioeconomic impact assessment study on uh, expropriation without compensation, uh, uh, the amending of Section 25, the property clause of the Constitution. And I must say, it was such a travesty. It was really, really just a just a shoddy piece of work. And 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 the people at Sarkalikha did immensely uh, well in publicizing that and showing how really impoverished and poor this quality of legal work is. So when it comes to, as it were, the first preparatory steps of getting the information that needs to be out there, out there, and getting the feedback, um, the department has fumbled on both of these. And we've written to the department um, to lay the groundwork for possible legal action later. These things take time. You have to be strategic and tactical about it. You know, when do we apply which bit of pressure to make sure that at the end of the day, if we need to build an aggressive, strong legal case, we've got what we need. And we've written to the department saying, you know, firstly, how can you take this unequal approach, saying to some people they have um, a longer period, but not making it clear to the public, very, very dodgy, a bit secretive to have this case-by-case ad hoc approach to the extension. And then, of course, the second issue is no socioeconomic impact assessment study of any kind uh, that we could find saying, you know, if this happens, this will be the socioeconomic consequences. And it's important on the Doctors for Life uh, precedent and also just in general to make sure that procedures are stuck to because democracy isn't just pitching to vote every five or so years. It is also making sure that when changes come during those, uh, you know, elections, people have the right to have a fair input on these matters. And uh, Ben, I think we, we wrote the third letter um, earlier today. We, we sent it earlier today um, as, as it were, the third step in our process of stepping up pressure on the government to do this uh, thing correctly, to take the process um, seriously um, and perhaps give us a bit of a glance into what's in this third letter and uh, why do you think it's important? So in this third letter, we just uh, really make the point of how important um, public participation is. And um, 
I think it's important for people to understand that democracy isn't, a, it's not a snapshot in time. It's an ongoing process. So um, like you said, you don't, you don't just rock up once every five years and, and vote. You've, you've got to, you've got to be inter, inter, you've got to be intimately involved in, in the process for laws that affect you. Um, we also, so, so that, so that's basically what our, our bill, I mean, sorry, our letter today um, was, was really drawing attention to. And if you say, you know, the consequences um, for people should be intimately involved because there are consequences here. Uh, let's take a moment to look at some of those consequences. I know you've got uh, a prime concern here about accountability um, and, you know, who's responsible for what in terms of these Papuda changes. Take us a bit into that. Yes. So uh, there's there's two changes that really concern me. The one is that uh, this new amendment uh, basically um, eliminates the requirement of intention. So you don't have to intend to discriminate against someone anymore. It can be by accident or by a joke or by saying something silly or just if someone takes offense to something. So that is um, uh, a, bit, a bit concerning. Um, and, but the other one um, is that this bill makes um, corporations jointly and severally liable. So if an employee is um, offended by another employee, that employee can choose to sue the employee who offended them or the corporate who employs that employee. So, um, yeah, co corporations could be liable for uh, sort of something that their employees don't even intend to do. And I think that's just um, seriously worrying because it's, 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 it's such a stringent regulation on the private sector. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think on, on basic freedom, right? I mean, yeah. um, but part of, part of what the law should be about is, you know, actual accountability is the people who transgress must be the people who receive the punishment. And there's a whole discussion about whether punishment should be retributive, rehabilitative, symbolic, you know, what that is. But part of, you know, the rule of law is that responsibility um, for your actions. Um, and I must say that it is a very concerning thing because this really starts to dismantle that. And, and that first point you make, I think people should realize how, how fundamentally radical that is. If in any sort of existing common law tradition, you do not have intention that changes your culpability or, you know, the extent to which you can be held liable or responsible. But the fact that you can now here be unintentionally busy with some sort of contravention of the law is, I think, massively, massively problematic. And uh, from I must say, one thing that really grinds my gears about this thing is it smacks of the social engineering. Good laws protect freedom by saying, right, here's freedom, let us encircle it to, uh, uh, you know, protect it against inappropriate or destructive or bad behavior that the whole society can agree on would be detrimental to freedom. However, these new changes flips that on its head to no longer be about restricting bad behavior and making sure that freedom has the organic room uh, to, to perform and to do its thing, 
this is now starting to look like social engineering, where the government is no longer saying, do not do this, but they are actively saying, start doing this or else. It is starting to use the law to change the behavior, not to protect something, but to push a very specific agenda and i mean that that really really creeps me out it's a it's it, these these two things these three things actually accountability um intention and the idea of protecting freedom uh in the of what the law should be in in terms of inappropriate action or behavior these things are now being tampered with to a significant extent and uh ben any any last remarks perhaps uh you know what's the purpose of these three letters we've written have we now written these letters and are we going to sit back and say fan justice project job well done we haven't actually changed anything but yeah we wrote letters um we we're we're expecting a response from the department um and hopefully um some accountability on their side to say all right um we see that this is worrying to, to members of the public. Maybe we should extend it, release a socioeconomic assessment, actually look into what this might do to, to the people of this country. Um, um, so, yeah, we, we're hoping to, that it will increase accountability on, on, on the government side. And when fan justice is out there protecting your freedom, what we always try to do is think a few steps ahead because i mean otherwise uh, our enemies are really or the enemies of freedom i should say correctly we can't claim to be the manifestation of freedom in in perfect platonic form but the point of writing these letters is to lay the groundwork to make sure that later on if we decide to take aggressive legal litigation action on this we can say to the court yo court we try to stop this very early on. We're not just jumping on this as a juicy issue late in the day. We've been involved from the start and we've got the receipts to prove it. So we've written those letters. We've warned the department. We are monitoring the situation closely because a fan justice project, we will fight for your freedom because your freedom is worth fighting for. Ben, thank you very much. You at home, listener, or in the car, wherever you are listening or watching this, let's not be determinist in terms of where people get their fan content. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week to take you deeper into the fight for freedom in the courts and the corridors of power. And never forget your freedom. Well, it's worth fighting for, and we're fighting for it. Thank you very much.